Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odours and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to a dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I think it's fantastic that more and more people these days are becoming conscious of the food they eat, but shouldn't we be taking the same care for our pets? The health of our dogs means so much. So no wonder owners are posting their glowing reviews of Badlands dog food and how it has improved the energy and coat of their beloved dogs. But don't take it from me. Go to badlandsfood.com forward slash frightful and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash frightful. Ancient cave art shows us that even our distant ancestors placed great value on members of the animal kingdom. Indeed, animals have played a significant role in the development of human civilization, not only as food, but as work and service animals, cows pulling plows, or wars won after relying on the power of horses for transport. And yet the human-animal bond has continued to evolve, particularly with domestic pets where these pets are certainly not there for food or service, but for significant companionship. Animals have been a powerful ally to us as humans. And yet, the relationship between humans and beasts has not always been peaceful. And some unfortunate people have found that animals are the source of the ultimate horror. I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, we're looking at the worst animal attacks ever. And I have to warn you that some of these accounts are genuinely shocking. In the late 1990s, a woman called Sandra Herald and her husband Jerome adopted an unusual animal, a chimpanzee. And the chimp was called Travis. And for years he would live in the home with the Heralds peacefully. He'd even learned to dress himself and could do little chores around the house. 
And yet, for a few years, he started to show some unexpected aggression. This might have been due to the stress and tension that had developed in the Herald household. You see, in September of 2000, the Heralds lost their only child, Susan, in a car crash. And that had plunged Sandra, the mother, into an understandable time of depression. But then, in April of 2005, her husband Jerome had died. And this not only affected Sandra but also Travis the chimp. You see, Travis used to love spending time with Jerome. According to a letter Harold wrote at the time, Jerome and his chimp would even share a glass of wine together at supper. And now that Jerome was gone, Travis was disturbed by the loss. Now Sandra was living alone with this increasingly agitated chimpanzee, but at least she had her friend Sharla Nash for support. They'd been estranged for many years, but Jerome's death had brought them back together. Sharla and her daughter were struggling financially and were homeless at one point, so Sandra offered her rent-free accommodation. In fact, it was the flat of her late daughter. Sharla also helped with bookkeeping and some house and lawn work. She'd also check in on Travis from time to time. But Travis was in a bad way. Now that Jerome was gone, he'd lost his energy and he would just lay around the house eating junk food and roaming around. But then, on February the 16th, 2009, Sandra and Charlotte decided to do something unusual. They would head out for a trip to the Mohegan Sun Casino in Monteville, Connecticut. Perhaps that would lift their spirits. They even went to a hairdressing salon before the casino so they could really dress up. It was a positive step for them both. Yet when they returned, they found Travis the chimp was acting strangely, and aggressively too. Sandra was worried, and so she made Travis some afternoon tea, which he enjoyed, but she had slipped some Xanax into it just in case. Later, Sharla Nash came to the house, and it was around 3.40pm, and at that point Travis was still awake and he was in the front yard, refusing to come inside. So Sharla tried something. Travis had a favorite toy, a Tickle Me Elmo. And so she held it up to Travis and waved it at him, perhaps as a way of luring him into the home. But this was the moment, the shocking moment where everything changed. Travis completely lost it. He glared across the yard at Sharla holding the Tickle Me Elmo. And he came bounding across at immense speed, running on his knuckles as chimps do. And there was nothing, nothing that Charlotte could do, because within seconds, Travis reached her. And he stood tall on two feet and flung his strong arms at her, slamming her body against the car. She fell to the ground. That was not enough for Travis. As Charlotte screamed, He leapt on top of her and then started to savagely attack her. In the panic, Sandra rushed over and grabbed the first thing she could think of, a shovel, and she started to beat it over Travis's head. But the chimp was so filled with rage and adrenaline, he would not stop. Desperate for a solution, Sandra rushed into the kitchen and grabbed a butcher knife from the drawer. She ran back out, rushed over to Travis and she slammed the knife into his back. But even with the blade in him, he kept on battering Charlotte. Sandra 
yanked the knife out and then stabbed him again. And then she did it again. A third time. But Travis just turned to her, looked her in the eye, and then returned back to Sharla and continued his assault. Sandra called 911, screaming down the phone, he's killing my friend, he's ripped her apart. And she added this horrendous line to the dispatch officer, she said, he ripped her face off, he's eating her. The police raced out to the house, and when they arrived they found that despite being beaten and stabbed, Travis was now walking around the area drenched in Charlotte's blood. The officers pulled out their weapons and shot him several times. Even then, he didn't drop. He just looped across the ground and fled into the house, leaving a trail of blood. The officers followed it, through the kitchen, and up the stairs, and into his bedroom, where they found Travis on his own bed. He was lying, grasping his bedpost, as he gasped out his final breaths. The yard was an absolute horror show with parts of Charlotte's body scattered across the ground. They found hunks of her flesh and fingers, her nose, her eyelids, her jaw, her lips, and about half of the blood in her body soaking into the ground. When the officers turned to the gored body lying near the car, they were dumbfounded when they saw it start to move. Charlotte Nash's hand reached out and grabbed an officer's leg. She was alive. She was rushed to hospital and was flown by helicopter to a specialist clinic where she underwent surgery for 15 months. And after nine months of that surgery, she appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show to reveal her new reconstructed face. Life, she said, was a constant struggle now, not least because she was blind. Though at least she said she could not remember the attack. She said, though, that she lives in constant fear of the memory suddenly coming back And yet she demonstrates an amazing and inspiring sense of optimism in the midst of it all. Her advice to others was to try not to think about the past and what has happened, but rather to think about what you're going to, what you're going to do next. Never give up, she said. An amazing woman with a truly frightful story. While Shara survived her ordeal, there are countless animal attacks where the victim does not make it out alive. And in our next case, we have an animal that killed again and again. Tilakun was a 12,000-pound orca whale, sometimes popularly known as a killer whale. The animal was a big hit on the water theme park circuit. And yet he had a reputation for being temperamental and possessive. Perhaps that's unsurprising, considering that this wild orca was captured near Iceland in 1983 when he was only two years old. He was taken from his mother and brought to a second-rate marine park called Sealand of the Pacific in Canada. Orcas are family-orientated animals. They stay together their entire lives. And yet the trainers at Sealand forced Tilakum to live with two female strangers. The animals did not connect with one another, and the confined space and mental strain would lead them to attack each other. In the mornings, when the trainers would release the whales for the shows of that day, 
they would frequently find that Tillicum would be raked with scars and gashes from the other two whales who had dragged at him through the night. At night, by the way, they'd have had to sleep in a 20 by 30 foot steel box under the water, like a prison. And there were rumours that punishment was used to train these whales. No wonder a gradual psychosis was starting to build. And yet Tillicum was still made to perform eight shows a day for seven days a week. But then, in February 1992, he struck back. Her name was Kelty Byrne. She was working her show with Tillicum when the 20-year-old accidentally slipped into the pool where Tillicum and two other orcas were swimming, called Nootka and Haida. Kelty tried to pull herself out, but Tillicum grabbed her and yanked her under the water, all in front of a crowd of horrified spectators. It's thought that the whales thought this was some sort of game, and so they began dragging Kelty between them under the water. Spectators say that whenever she broke the surface, she barely had any time to catch her breath, made worse because she was screaming so much. And at one point, a witness even heard her shout the words, I don't want to die. It was... Horrific. And even though the other trainers tried to help, it was impossible. The three orca whales just kept playing with Kelty. Until she eventually drowned in the pool. It took two hours to finally get her out. And when they did, they discovered her body was covered with bruises and bites. The owner of Sealand was so shocked by this incident that he decided to close down Sealand completely. And you might think that after this attack, the whales in question would be perhaps set free into the wild distant ocean, or indeed even destroyed, I suppose. That certainly seems to happen when domestic pets like dogs attack another person. And yet, while the sealand of the Pacific Park was closed, the whales were sold on. Haida went to SeaWorld in San Antonio, while Nootka and Tillicum were shipped to SeaWorld Orlando which is where the world would see history repeat itself. What do you get in a SeaWorld day? You get Shamu. And shows. Sharks. And shows. Thrills. And shows. Fun. And shows. Hugs. And shows. <laughs> Laughs. And shows. Seals. And shows. Friends. And shows. SeaWorld. It just gets better. Visit SeaWorld on your Orlando vacation. Dawn Brancho was a vibrant and experienced whale trainer at SeaWorld in Orlando. And in February 2010, the 40-year-old was performing her usual routine with Tillicum. Now, SeaWorld's official statement was that trainers saw no sign that Tillicum was being aggressive that day but eyewitnesses later said that he was certainly feeling out of sorts. Maybe that's why Dawn Brancho decided to have a relationship session with Tillicum. This was a chance for the trainers to bond with the whales. Yet this time, in this session, something awful happened. It's not fully clear how it developed. Some say she fell into the pool, others that the whale suddenly reached out of the water and grabbed Dawn, pulling her... Some even claim that she was dragged in by her ponytail. Yet after looking at the evidence, the most likely theory, at least to me, seems that Tillicum just nudged up to Dawn 
opened his huge mouth and clamped it around her arm, dragging her into the water like he'd done with Kelty. And there was nothing she could do. Dawn plunged into the pool alongside this 12,000-pound whale. Other staff watched in terror as Tilakun clamped his prodigious mouth around Dawn's body and he swung her left and right. And as he ragdolled her, it broke her jaw, her vertebra, and also dislocated her knee and elbow. Then, Tilakun dragged Dawn under the sloshing water and he didn't come up. When she was finally recovered and an autopsy was performed, the injuries were horrendous. Her arm had been completely severed. Tilakum had bitten it off and swallowed it, and part of her scalp had been torn away by the whale. But questions still remain about how SeaWorld responded. Why did they wait 27 minutes after Dawn entered the water to call the paramedics? It's said that the owners of the park even tried to blame the trainer for the incident, insisting that the reason she was dragged in was that she was wearing a ponytail. And that's what Tilakun grabbed, even though other witnesses said it was her arm. And besides, other trainers had worn ponytails before without incident or reprimand. And of course, the obvious question, why was Tilakun allowed to still work with trainers when he had previously killed one? A question that becomes even more resonant when you realize that there was another victim in between Kelty and Dawn. It transpired that Tilakum had caused another death on July the 6th, 1999. That was seven years after Kelty's death and 11 years before Dawn's death. This time, it wasn't a trainer. It was a 27-year-old man called Daniel P. Jukes. Seawold said he was a homeless drifter who hopped over the wall and wound up in the pool. But the next morning, his naked corpse was found, not floating in the water, but it was draped across Tilakun's back as he swam around the pool. The orca had somehow ripped the man's clothes off and bitten his genitals completely off too. The life of Tilakum became the topic of a 2013 documentary called Blackfish from CNN Films, which pointed out the extreme psychological suffering that whales experience in captivity. When they are so used to open water, it also points out how developed the brains of orcas are, and that they have an extremely rich and complex emotional personality. And so to be confined in places like SeaWorld can cause the animals to have shorter and more miserable lives. But certainly, psychological suffering, which perhaps even understandably can lead to aggressive behavior. But despite these three deaths, including the 2010 death of Dawn Branchow, Tilakum was still performing for years after, until January the 6th, 2017, when SeaWorld announced that Tilakum had died of a bacterial infection. While he was in captivity, he had sired 21 baby whales called calves, 11 of which were reported alive in 2013. And critics of SeaWorld argue that this is the main reason Tilakum was kept despite the three attacks, simply because he made so many babies for the park, saving them money. <laughs> 
Join me next time for the second and final part where the carnage continues. From a boy's wild and ravenous bear encounter to a woman's horrific run-in with a mountain lion and much, much more. In the meantime, I encourage you to check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash pizza laws. But until we meet again, I suggest you keep an eye on your pets until we conclude this episode of Frightful and the Worst Animal Attacks Ever. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park